Tanato and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Thanks to Mama Momo for hanging out. You missed any of that. Subscribe to the Sedano and LZ podcast on Apple Podcasts, the ESPN app, Spotify, Google, wherever you find your podcast. We always appreciate it. Hey, if you missed Frank Vogel yesterday, LZ and I got a chance to catch up with him right at the top of the show in the 640 segment. Right at 640, you will hear that interview. It was pretty cool. The coach stopped by to hang out with us, and we'll have that before we do crosstalk with Scott Kaplan tonight. Uh, so we'll have that. But in the interim, LZ, you and I need to talk a little Dodger baseball here because I know, uh, you know, you asked the question, and we can now we have a couple segments here. We're going to open it up to the phones. You asked a great question about the Dodgers and Lakers. Would you like to repeat it for the audience? Sure. If today is Christmas Eve and tomorrow, the day that the Lakers and Dodgers are both playing in pursuit of championships, is Christmas, which present do you want underneath the tree most? A Dodgers championship or a Lakers championship? So Unfortunately, Momo's, the Sparks were eliminated, and so they're not underneath the tree. <laughs> so Momo said, surprisingly, she said the Dodgers because it's 1988. It's been so long, you know, and obviously, you know, it's a tough question, but uh, that's what makes uh, a good question is a tough question. So Greg Bergman, you are the Dodger boy around here, okay? You bleed blue. You used to do a Dodger podcast. Um which is the but you also did a Laker podcast? Too, I did. I, I did them both. You yeah, actually yeah. owned like a, a Laker Twitter account or something. Yeah. Um, I did. What, what you you have? Uh, uh, what's the phrase uh, when you um, when, you, <laughs> when you when you divest yourself? You divest yes, yourself. Divest. You divested yourself of all these things at one point. Uh, it was sad a, too. It was a, a sad day to become a suit here uh, at this station. <laughs> Uh, but, but since you divested yourself from both, like, what is the answer to the question for you? The, the answer, it has to be the Dodgers. I mean, as much as I, I love the Lakers and I'm a big basketball guy, I always have been, it's the Dodgers have been 1988. I've watched them lose in the World Series twice in the last three years. I, I need a, a blue championship for, my, for this team so badly. It needs to be this year. As much as they are the best team in baseball, this is the as I always say every single year, this is the best Dodger team of my lifetime. If they don't win this, it really I don't know team. if I can handle it. It's On really paper. good. Will you freak out if they I lose? Freak out? No, I've, I've been through it enough now. I Wait, but you, you did say earlier, and LZ, you agreed with him when he said that you – what was the phrase you used, Greg? I'm not going to get excited until it's over. Until yeah. they win and they're, 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 they're celebrating the championship. You're not right. going to get excited. Not one bit – not if they hit, no. like, a walk-off in, like, Game 7 of, oh, I mean, like, the be, NL pennant. Look, there's going to be excitable moments, but I'm not going to – I'm not getting anywhere near the, where I had been in, in 2017 or in okay. 2018 thinking they were going to win it all. I'm just going to – if they win it, I'm going to be ecstatic and running around my apartment complex and screaming and naked. waving things around. Yes, naked and with just a Dodger hat. <laughs> What a terrible picture. What a terrible, really bad. What a terrible really bad. thing to do no, to a Dodger hat. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say where the hat have was. You, have you lost the weight, by the way? Speaking of running around naked, you were gonna, I, aren't you in a competition with Mason? Yeah, but look, I, look, I have been – I was at 220 when we were right. doing the early morning I show. Oh, dude. Yeah, it was really big. I This morning, I checked my weight, and I was 200.8. So okay. I'm just about under 200, and that's 20 pounds – you have that's good. Good for you, Greg. Good for Thank you. you. Thank um, you. I, I will. What is the what is the bet though with you and Mason again? 
Well, they they made it without me, but it was he. Yeah, of course, he's a, yeah, he needs to get to two hundred before I get to one ninety. Oh, because he but because he was at what two ten? He was at two seventeen apparently, or two thirteen. Well, why did you have to lose that much more weight? I don't understand. Because at the time I was at like two. I would think I was at 213, 214. I just haven't gone past that. Because you know, once you get to 20 pounds, like, okay. you, can't, you can't move it. Here's what I would say. It. LZ, you are the most fit person I, I know, okay? Uh, yeah, that's not a professional athlete, okay? Okay. And, 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 so there you go. I feel like that qualifies. You yeah. and Israel Gutierrez, by far the most fit people I know, okay, um, that are not professional athletes. He's you know, a little beast. He is a little beast. He's shorter than you, but good yeah. Lord. Have you seen those pictures on the train tracks that uh, they post on Highly Questionable? God bless. Makes me jealous. Uh, but you as well make me jealous. Um, I also like to eat nachos too much, though. Can't give those up. Um, God, I can't remember the last time I had nachos. <laughs> they're so delicious. Can you give Greg like a, uh, like a workout? Could you tape like a workout for Greg? Here, here's the big misnomer, and I'm so glad that I did the vitamin shop read an hour or so ago, because it really does start with nutrition. It's like before you even think about, you know, working out and exercises and stuff like that, what the hell are you eating? What are you drinking? What are you putting in your body? Because if it's trash, it doesn't really matter how hard you work out. You're not going to be able to, to get what you want. So I think that's, it's, I'm glad you said something because I actually have, what I've done is, and you can tell me if I'm doing the right thing here. I drink a big bottle of water every day. I that's have, I, I don't eat after 8 p.m. And I try not to eat until after 12 p.m. in the That's in, good. 16 in hours of intermittent fasting. That's smart. Yes. That's yes. what so I I'm do. Trying to, so I'm trying but to do that. You, I try and go and you, walk. You still haven't told me what you're eating. You told me right. what you're not so doing. What are you doing? Well, point. I've been eating a lot of salads. I have a Cobb salad today. I had a Santa Fe salad. Um, every once in a while, I'll splurge and have something not, like that's that's kind of garbagey. Do you drink but soda? Have, no, I do not drink soda. Good. I drink, drink coffee. Alcohol? No, I don't drink alcohol. Actually, I haven't had any in a long time. But oh. I drink a lot of coffee, lots of coffee. Okay, you're on, you're on a good path. As you're long not, as you're not drinking coffee with a lot of milk in it and stuff. Right. No, 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 black. no sugar. I drink, yeah, black. No, yeah. nothing, nothing, just black. Oh, good. Yeah. And there's so these foods, are the right things. There's there are certain foods that will trick your body into thinking that it's full. Um, there are certain foods that nuts? will support, almonds. like nuts, almonds, uh, flax seeds, things like that. There's also, you know, fruits that you can legumes that will kind of <laughs> jumpstart your metabolism a little bit. Um, I'm a big pineapple, you Ooh, know, believer. Pineapple. Blackberries Citrus in general, blackberries, blueberries, mm -hmm. supporting antioxidants, and then the sneaky, sneaky herb, pomegranate. Oh, I drink. Oh, I, I put a dash of pomegranate juice. You know who also does that? Jackie McMullen. A dash of pomegranate juice in my uh, morning uh, protein smoothie, or my there afternoon protein smoothie. Yeah. Sneaky. Between that and hibiscus, those two little red plants or whatever, yeah. they're like, hibiscus does such fantastic things for your cardiovascular, which obviously helps you work out harder. And then when you look at you know, pomegranate, it's just it's so rich. It's like a blueberry except it's red. I think we've stumbled upon either. a segment, a bit, a segment bit. Where people just call in and ask LZ workout advice. Oh, like, God. I honestly think we've stumbled onto something. <laughs> I like oh, it. God. I, I think we should do it. LZ, come on, man. You look great. 
you, you might as well share the knowledge. I uh, let's go do to the- it if you play the theme song to every Richard, uh, what's his name? The little short little gay guy that used to work out all the time. Richard Simmons? Yeah, I, I want Richard <laughs> Simmons music. Okay, we'll work on that. Uh, right. Let's go to Brandon in Inglewood, who, who's been holding on patiently. Brandon, which is the one under the Christmas tree? The Dodgers championship or the Lakers championship? Man, I'm a little biased. I'll start off by saying that I'm a, I'm a basketball guy. So I'm going to say the Lakers, I think both, uh, I would want that under my tree more. Both have been through a lot, obviously, you know, with the passing of Kobe and then the Lakers being in the bubble. Um, and then, But I think the Dodgers championship would just be a little, it's still a little cheap, right? I know they went through the, the Astros, but they, they didn't even play a full season, right? That They didn't go through that grind, that, you know, that grind that it, it you can appreciate this year. Like I, I just felt like the season just started like two months ago, right? And they're already it, like in the man, past. Are you kidding me? Like, We've had eight years of grinding, eight straight division well, titles. I, I acknowledge that they went through some stuff. I mean, I said the Astros, right? They should have already had a championship, but the Lakers. I, I, I'm biased though, man. So I'm only going to give you my opinion. I mean, you know, that's all I can do. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, Brandon. Stay healthy. Stay safe. All right, we'll take more calls at eight seven 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 ten ESPN. There's a present under the Christmas tree. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It's a Dodger championship and a Laker championship. Which present do you want? Uh, plus, we will break this thing down a little bit. We've got Greg actually produced some really great stats. Uh, actually, like he never produces great stats, but uh, I mean, he does every once in a while. Uh, so we'll have that for you as we get you ready for the Dodgers and Bucks. And, or, excuse me, Dodgers and Brewers. Wrong Milwaukee team. And... Uh, don't forget at 640, if you missed Frank Vogel yesterday, he was fantastic with us. We'll have Frank Vogel for you at 640. But we'll take more of your calls, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-377. Sit down on LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Frank Vogel, eight minutes from now. We have a short segment here so we can hear from Coach Vogel, who was on with us yesterday. He was fantastic. You're going to want to You're gonna wanna see – you're going to listen to that. Excuse me. Uh, I did uh, – say see that because we were talking about the social dilemma uh, during the break and I did see it yesterday LZ and whoo boy uh, I, honestly I have been already less on social media I had already kind of curtailed some of my social media experiences but even more so uh, just in less than 24 hours since watching that movie on Netflix you know I, I the last two years I've been making a conscious effort to not have my phone on me 24-7 Mm-hmm. Um, because I was noticing some of the things that the documentary is talking about. You know, the phone pings, and immediately I got to grab it to see if it's an update or who's trying to get a hold of me or who did what. Yep. And my life was constantly being dictated by my bosses and my phone, and I had mm-hmm. very little you know, space left for anything else. So I started leaving my phone for hours, run to the grocery store, no phone, forget about it. Mm-hmm. And it's I've been a lot better I think, and more productive because of it. But after watching this documentary, I realized I have more work to do. Because <laughs> I was like, put it this way. So we're remodeling the, our little movie theater room, and I want to get some movie posters of some of our favorite movies. 
And so I was typing in, you know, some names of some of Steve's favorite movies. And they started recommending all these um, black movies. And I was like, I typed in The Devil Wears Prada, and you came back with Black Panther. <laughs> and when I looked at the documentary and saw that my phone was going through these algorithms to give me items that I had been interested in in the past to try to coerce me into buying more of that stuff, yeah. I was like, oh, no, you're not, Skynet. You're not getting in my head. <laughs> oh, hell no. Nah. I, I mean, no, we, no, were, no. we were joking about something the other day. I don't remember what you and I were talking about. Like, we were talking about food somewhere. And my email straight up started giving me food emails. Like, it, yeah. it is crazy. The phones are listening, man. That's not the a coincidence. Yeah, you you're know right. what's crazy is that my phone is not even prompting me with like good porn. So, it's like, <laughs> so I'm like, if you're going to be listening and you're going to try to procure things that I'm interested in, don't send me the bad stuff that I'm not going to click on. I need right. my phone to do better. If you're going to be Skynet, then be Skynet for real. Give me the good stuff. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, speaking of good stuff, Greg, give me the good stuff from this Dodgers Brewers series. Stuff that you like. I know you've been digging on some stats and you've been digging as far as kind of all this stuff as we get ready for the Dodgers game, game one tomorrow against the Brewers. What is stuff that has stuck out to you? So I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me is that when you think about the Dodgers, who do you think about, right? You think Mookie Betts. Right, Cody Bellinger, Walker Bueller. Max Muncie, Walker yeah. Bueller, of course. I'm, I'm talking Kershaw. about the offense. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw, those types right. of guys, right? Yeah, yeah. But you don't think about AJ Pollock, who was no. he was he went 0 for 13 last year with 11 strikeouts against the against the Nationals. But yep. he has been one of the best hitters on this Dodger team this year. He ended yeah. up with 16 home runs, and with those tied, tied or one back of Mookie Betts. One back of Mookie Betts on the team, and third in the in the entire National League. And guess who? If you if I told you to guess, U or L Z, whoever you want, who had the highest OPS on the Dodgers? The highest OPS was it Seager? Well, I know the answer, so I won't say it. No, it was not Seager, but who who was very close? By the way, Seager had a fantastic year, which yes, he did. George, we did talk about that a long time ago. Will Smith. The catcher, Will Smith, had the best OPS on this team. So no matter what happens, if you can get through Betts, if you can get through Seager, if you can get through Bellinger, Muncie, you still have to worry about A.J. Pollock. You still have to worry about Will Smith. And yeah. the everyday second baseman now is Chris Taylor, who has been on fire, an absolute fire in the month of September. So th this offense is not – you're not going to find a, a weak spot anywhere one through nine. No, no. It, and I – you know, Greg was fighting with me forever, LZ, about the DH. The DH helps the Dodgers. You know what I mean? Like, that's the right. that's the best part. I, mean, I still don't like it, but it does help the Dodgers. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. Give me universal DH across the board. Nobody wants to see a pitcher hit 150. One thing I Nobody. want universal of is health care. Everything else, I'm kind of up for debate. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break here. I told you it was a quick segment. Frank Vogel, the head coach of your Los Angeles Lakers, he is coming up in three minutes. Stick around. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedan and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. The Lakers are going to their 32nd NBA Finals appearance in their history. Man, what a ride. Their head coach, Frank Vogel, joining us now here on Sedano and LZ. Frank, again, congratulations to you guys. What a great season. How long did you give yourself and the team to actually enjoy it and celebrate it? <laughs> well, we enjoyed it that night. You know, uh, we came back to the, to the hotel and uh, got to be with each other and, and enjoy that moment. But, you know, when it, uh, the next day comes around, it, it, you immediately turn your focus to, um, to the finals. And, uh, you know, at the time, we, we didn't know whether it was going to be Boston or Miami, but you, you prepared. You know, we, we knew Miami was closer uh, to clinching, so uh, we started looking at uh, a lot of tape on those guys, and you know, it was a brief, a brief, quick turnaround. Coach, I know you're way too classy and mature to do this, so I'm going to do it for you. Yeah, dog. Who was talking smack about me getting higher now? Yeah. Who thought I wasn't the best choice now? Yeah, yeah. How you like me now, suckers? Yeah. Finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I, I did it for you. <laughs> you don't have to even comment. Your laugh is perfect, actually. Your laugh is But in all honesty, how gratifying is it to know that so many people, some who work for my company, question your hiring, and now you're looking like, oh, year one finals. How you like me now? Yeah, I'm really not even there, to be honest with you. You know, uh, maybe in two weeks I will be, you know, if we're able to prevail in this next series. <laughs> but we still have a ton of work to do. Obviously, we're happy with where we're at. Um, you know, this, this season was it was never – it's never about me. You know, this is about LeBron and Anthony and, uh, and the Lakers getting back on, on top. And uh, we're in position right now to do so. But like I said, uh, still got four more to go. Frank Vogel, the coach of your Los Angeles Lakers, with you here as they're going to uh, their, I believe it was their 32nd Western Conference Finals victory, if I have the number correctly. It's pretty ridiculous if you think about it. That's actually 48% of uh, all the Western Finals uh, championships in the history of the NBA. But, um, Frank, you mentioned AD and LeBron. Let's talk about AD for a second. How have you seen him grow? Not just, you know, as far as his game, because we know how talented he is, but just kind of grow into being the player he's been off the floor and the leadership role he's taken off the floor as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think being around LeBron this year has, has really had an enormous impact on his personal development as a player, as a leader, um, you know, and, and just uh, – everything that goes into taking that next step as, as a superstar, you know, obviously he's had some, some great seasons in, in New Orleans um, individually uh, had a couple couple of times where they, they had some postseason success, minimal postseason success, but uh, to see him uh, go deep into the playoffs, you know, is, is really about, um, you know, I think what he's, what he's learned by being around LeBron James and the mindset uh, that it takes to reach that level. And it's been a fun thing to be a part of because he's he's such a terrific guy. He's such a hard worker. And, um, you know, he just cares about all the right things. So uh, I'm happy for him to be a, at this point. And, you know, I know he's motivated to get four more. Um, Coach, during the Houston series, 
you know, the dynamics of the Houston Rockets roster sort of forced you into a position where you didn't use Dwight Howard, you didn't use JaVale McGee very much. Do you see any similarities between the sort of brand of small ball that Houston played and what you'll be facing with Miami, considering they really only play one big man uh, in their rotation, and he's basically a perimeter player? Yeah, well, they've they've done different things in different series. Um, you know, they they have played uh, Kelly Olynyk some. Uh, they didn't play him a lot in the Boston series, but uh, they do play. You know him. Uh, you know, in certain situations, and you know, with the size that we play with, we could see we could potentially see him in there. Uh, but Bam's a, a big part of what they do, and um, you know, he's he's as unique as uh, some of the other guys we we faced in this playoff run have been, whether it be a unique guard like Dame Lillard or James Harden, Russell Westbrook, or, you know, a unique center like Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, Bam presents uh, these types of problems. I do think that, uh, you know, we, we have built a team this year that has uh, the flexibility to play big or small and to see, you know, which, uh, which lineups are, are best to combat the, uh, the attack that we're facing in that series. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how, what volume uh, our our centers play in this series and what impact they have. But you know, I feel like, uh, you know, like I said, we have the ability to play both ways. Frank Vogel, the head coach of your Los Angeles Lakers, with us here, and yeah, you guys have been really versatile, obviously, from series to series, and you know, that's just kind of the deal. But you know, and I think this is a testament to you and and the group that you have, but. How challenging could that be at times, just having that conversation with one of your guys? Be like, hey, you're probably not going to see the floor as much as you normally do. Yeah, in a lot of situations, that can be a very difficult conversation. And, you know, I, I want to credit our guys, uh, our centers in particular in that Houston series, but but a number of, of guys uh, throughout the year have had the, uh, the mindset that this is a, you know, it's a team, it's a team first approach. And, you know, whatever's needed for that night, whatever's needed for that series, you know, they're willing to, to do for the team. And, uh, you know, our centers have been, been great at sacrificing when needed uh, to play small. And, um, you know, just uh, it's, it's important to have, you know, guys that are going to accept those roles. That role acceptance is everything in terms of going forward. Because if, if you make those moves and, and everybody's not on board with it, it pulls away from the energy of the group. And, um, you know, it's been the opposite with our group. You know, each time, uh, you know, somebody has been told they, they may not play enough or, or play a lot in that game or that series, you know, they've always become a great cheerleader and a great supporter of their teammates. And, and that's just everything for the energy of the group. When I look at the roster of the Miami Heat, I see a lot of talent, obviously. I see a lot of dogs, obviously, but I also see a lot of young people, a lot of youth. Is this going to be another series where uh, Taylor Horton Tucker may make an appearance? Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, the, the, the young fella continues to impress in all of our practice workouts. And, um, you know, it's one of those things we'll continue to evaluate. Each series is different. Uh, we didn't use him as, as much. I think when we, when we use our bigs, uh, there's less minutes on the perimeter. Uh, for for a guy like Talon, so I think that that Houston series where we weren't playing our bigs, you know, there was there was extra minutes there. Um, so it'll it'll depend on on how much uh, how much we use our bigs in this series. Frank Vogel, Lakers coach, with us here. Frank, 
if you know LeBron has been there in your corner backing you up the whole way and you know you've coached in this league in numerous stops you know how important it is to have the buy-in um, from the the best player on the team and you kind of alluded to that a little bit earlier and, and you know even most recently he called you you they're the anchor of the team that you have always been there the anchor kind of steadying the ship there what is it like to have that kind of uh, I, I guess having someone like that in your corner right a player of that magnitude as you're trying to coach a team in your first season with the team in your corner. Yeah, he, he's been amazing. You know, he and Anthony have both been uh, just perfect captains, perfect leaders. Um, what you dream of as a coach, you know, the, the guys that you know, obviously have the ability to dominate on the floor, but, you know, are, are forging a great partnership, uh, you know, with yourself and, and with your coaching staff uh, to put the right plans in day to day and, you know, to manage the team and, you know, obviously, you know, with that partnership, you have it uh, infectious and contagious to the rest of the group, you know, to be bought into what we're doing and doing everything the right way and doing everything together, you know. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's humbling, uh, you know, to be in this position with such a great uh, all-time player like LeBron James, um, one that's on his way in Anthony Davis. And, uh, you know, I just uh, I'm thankful for that partnership and, you know, hopefully it can lead us to great places. What did you learn about yourself as a coach through this process thus far? Well, I've always, I've always believed in just being me, you know, and, and coaching to my personality, not trying to be somebody else. Um, and, you know, that it, that it can work with a team that's super talented. You know, obviously most of the teams that I've been a head coach for have been young up-and-coming teams. And, you know, obviously this is a, this is a different challenge, but, you know, again, you stay true to what works for you. Um, and like I said, just, uh, work your tail off, be uber prepared, uh, make sure you spend appropriate time with relationships and building those, those relationships, uh, communicating. And, you know, when you do all those things, you know, you can coach a group that's, uh, that's heavy with veterans and, um, you know, uh, accomplished resumes just the same as, uh, as the success I had with some of my younger teams. Frank Vogel with us here of your Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Frank, I know that you coaches don't like to put the spotlight on yourselves, but <laughs> you and Eric Spolstra have done – I heard you laughing because I know you guys hate this stuff. Uh, but you, you and Eric Spolstra have faced off uh, 50 times. Uh, you know, he's won 26, you've won 24. It's virtually even. Um, you know, you've got against him in, you know, with the highest stakes when you were in Indiana, you know, to go to the, uh, the, the NBA finals, what are some of the memories that you have of just competition between you two guys who have, who have basically been coaches for very nearly the same amount of time? Yeah, it's a big chess match, you know, um, obviously there's a, there's a lot of moves going into, uh, these playoff runs that, that you go against a coach and. Um, whether it's making, making moves in game or making moves from game to game, uh, to counter some of the things that you're doing. And, you know, you always try to get inside, you know, the other team's coach's head just to see what, what moves are coming next. So, you know, we're, we're very familiar with each other. You know, I think there's a healthy respect there and, um, you know, obviously Eric does a great job. Are you as disappointed as we are that we won't be able to drink and party on South beach? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not really no because you know when you're coaching in these things you're completely consumed so i think that's something that uh you know obviously the media and the fans can can uh, be disappointed in 
obviously it's a dream it's a dream mat- NBA Finals matchup for those that are uh, either working in the media or or visiting as fans. But for us, we're we're locked in and consumed with the work. And uh, it doesn't really matter where we're playing. It's about who we're playing. Yes. Coach, 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 we know you got to eat. You acting like you ain't got to eat and that you're going to be sitting in a room every <laughs> yeah. day. But Come on, good. Frank. You know Come that dinner now. at Prime 112 is better than dinner dinner in the bubble. Let's be real here. <laughs> well, that's definitely true. But, you know, during the playoffs, I would be in room service anyway. So That's true. That is okay. true. You'd be, right. you'd be at some Four Seasons or some Ritz-Carlton or something like that. That is, that right. is true. That is true. Um, but And by the way, there's less for you to worry about as a coach since you don't have to go there, which I'm sure, and you don't have to name names, which I'm sure, look, you go there, there's always that, oh, I hope one of these guys doesn't go out for whatever reason. Yeah, they're not going out in the bubble. I can promise you that. <laughs> Shout out there. to your lemon pepper. there you go hey frank congratulations again man thank you for always making time for us and as you said it four more man best of luck to you okay thanks guys thanks for having me on frank vogel the head coach of your los angeles lakers all right we're going to take a quick break and we've got crosstalk with our buddy scott kaplan the scott kaplan show is coming up tonight uh we will be back in three minutes this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sedano and LZ, time for Crosstalk with our man, Scotty Caps. The Scott Kaplan Show tonight begins in a few moments. Cap, how the hell are you? Oh, my goodness. I miss you guys. I know. We miss you, too. I know. They've been keeping us apart with all of their games and such. I know. I mean, I yield, of course, naturally to the king. But, um, man, between basketball playoffs and, you know, Rams-related content and maybe an occasional LAFC broadcast and who knows what's coming up with ESPN Radio and their presentation of the Major League Baseball playoffs, I I miss you guys. Well, listen, just be grateful and thankful you live in a city where all those teams you named actually matter. You got that right. I mean, I've been in some cities where, uh, let's just say – they would have just broadcast the local radio. <laughs> right. 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 For sure. For sure. Uh, Cap, what do you think of this series and this matchup? You talking about the debate tonight? <laughs> Not that one. We want to keep our jobs. Uh, talking about the NBA Finals. <laughs> well, you know, George, it, it, this, is, um, this is like a dream come true situation for someone like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, in some ways, too. Not quite the same i mean listen when i when i grew up a kid in south florida there was nothing other than the miami dolphins that was it yep and and i can remember being a teenager when the miami heat and the nba were just coming into existence and i can remember like five or six years later they were like yo this arena in downtown miami sucks we need a new place i was like what just happened we really and and it was a crazy time in sports in that region of the country but we, we, as younger people, saw the heat come to life and have seen all of what's the, the whole history of the organization. You know, um, 
And so to see the Miami Heat and and Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra and, and that team that that took on Shaq and then had had LeBron to now make it scrap their way through the NBA bubble to make it to the finals against the team, the franchise, the organization that needed to get it back that had all these years where the crosstown clowns were were making fun of them, you know? And and by the way, Laker fans just loving the destruction of the Clippers. I know you guys have talked a lot about it. <laughs> yeah. So so I definitely, definitely cannot even come up with a way that I see the Lakers losing. Like, I actually thought against Denver, like, don't count those guys out. Even at 3-1, don't count them out. I just can't, I can't come up with a way that Miami beats the Lakers. Because they won't. However, I don't believe that the series is going to be easy in terms of the individual games. I believe the Lakers are going to win in five but I believe all five of those games are going to be tightly, hotly contested, physical matchups, and very reminiscent for us as what we did against the Denver Nuggets, which we won in five, but raise your hand if you can call that an easy series. I didn't raise my hand, LZ. No, and you're listening to KSB in Los Angeles, by the way. Um, I, I think this series is going further, Scott. I picked the Lakers in seven. Uh, I just feel like the best coach – is the guy on the other side. Um, and I think that they're, they just they have these, and, and I know LZ makes the point that it's not the same Laker team, but I'm just specifically talking about the Heat in this case. They have these 2004 Pistons vibes to them. You know what I'm saying? Of like un, guys who were discarded in other places and uh, who, you know, chip on the shoulder, just kind of gritty, smart team. And, you know, I even asked Chauncey Billups about it. Like, I text him. Like, yo, does this team remind you of your squad in 04? And he said, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And so there is some of that. But I think LZ makes a great point that this is not the Shaq Kobe Lakers and the discord that was in those locker rooms. This this locker room is actually quite harmonious in the Lakers uh, or within the Lakers locker room. So I, I think that that is the difference. But I do think that they push each other. I just think that their styles – can be contrasting enough where I think um, it will be a good fight, per se. Yeah, I like your uh, what you're saying, George, about you know the, the better coach being on the Miami side. Um, that's just stats, not necessarily opinion, per se. I mean, the way I see it. Um, and I love your, your whole thought on how scrappy Miami is and their attitude, and they're a bunch of cast-offs from other places. I'll take the Lakers in six. I'll go right in between you two guys. Because I think the same, LZ. I think that every game is going to be tough. And, and I think the Lakers can get it to 3-1, and we'll all just assume that it's over, and, and the Miami Heat will not, they will not lay down. They'll claw it back out, and then I'll take the Lakers in six. Let me ask you, George, because I heard Mason in Ireland talking about this yesterday, and I want to make it clear, George, I was driving home from synagogue yesterday. For so, so if anybody gives me a hard time yes. about what are you doing listening to the radio, let me just say it like this. If Moses before? were alive today, that's right. If Moses were alive today, had a car, had to drive to synagogue, on his way home, he would listen to Sedano and LZ, just so you guys know. Yeah, wow. of course he would. Oh, boy. Okay. So Moses I'm, I'm, in the house. So I'm driving home yesterday from synagogue, right? Everybody's socially distant, just to be clear. Small gathering. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving home, and I'm hearing Mason and Ireland ask this question. Who is Sedano pulling for in this series? And they said, job side of things, L.A., L.A. sports talk show host, superstar, Okay heart kind of thing in Miami. 
So, George, have you been talking about this, and where are you in it? Yeah, we've talked about it. We actually talked about it with those guys. Um, I we've actually got a bet going on, which is cool. I did pick the Lakers because I I'm I'm you know my job is to be objective, right? And I believe that the Lakers are the better team, and I think that just the the difference will be um, LeBron and AD. Like I just think that they're two top five players. I picked the Lakers in the preseason back in September. Literally, a year ago, <laughs> I picked the Lakers because it's just a crazy year. Um, and I every single time that I have been asked for ESPN.com to pick a champion, whether it's the restart or whatever, I have constantly picked the Lakers. And I, so I, I still believe that that is, that is true, even though I think Miami has got kind of something like a little special sauce that's working for them right now. But, yeah, I, I bet those guys, I figured we'd have some fun. That's the childhood team I grew up watching, much like you. Um, you know, I, I actually, you know, I covered them daily uh, for a long time, uh, you know, especially those uh, LeBron teams. I was there for a lot of that. And um, so I bet the guys that if the Heat win, they have to cater uh, food for the whole station. And they're going to cater Mexican food because that's representative of LA but if the uh, Lakers win I will foot the bill for the station and order authentic Cuban food from the and again I'm not trying to knock any of the other Cuban uh, restaurants or bakeries in in Southern California but the place that I have felt is the most authentic Cuban cuisine is at Tropicana Bakery and Restaurant in Downey so I will cater and that that so that's where we're at on that right now what was the place you told me to go to in Miami? I'd, I'd gone down for the Super Bowl this year, and I had mm -hmm. a group of guys with me, and I said, I, I have to act like I know what I'm doing. But you see, LZ, I'm from Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, different. Oh, no. That's yeah. It's like Orange right. County in L.A. It's, it's like that. No, I know yeah. exactly what that is. However, I will say you have the better airport. Oh, way better. Way easier Much easier, for sure. Way Much way easier. easier. Yes. yes. So, George, so I, had, so I had a group of guys with me, and they're like, hey, you're from South Florida. When we get down there, let's go to, like, the most authentic Cubano restaurante we can find, right? And right. I'm like, I got this, no problem, acting like I did when I didn't. So I texted you, and I said, where do I take these guys? And you told me where to go. Where did we go? I don't remember. Did I tell you to go to Garcia's? And or? Oh, man. One more. You had one more, I think. I don't know. Whatever it was called. That's I don't remember. I right. That's where I went. Yeah. And, I, and I looked like a superstar because I was standing outside on the street, like ordering Cuban coffee, you know? <laughs> and then, of course. Did I tell you Versailles? Is that what yes. it was? Yes, oh, Versailles. Was it Versailles? Yeah. 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 You like that place? Well, I had a cup of coffee, and then I asked them if I could use their men's room. Okay. That it got me right away, Elsie. It's more like a diner more than anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Garcia's is like on the on the river, on the water. It's very nice. It's a seafood place, but they also have the regular cuisine. It's very good. No, What's I need that it pink authentic? place that's right there in South Beach? This, I'm just, name's escaping me right now. Yeah. Well, like uh, newsstand, pink newsstand or something like oh, that? Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 the Big Pink. Oh, the, the Big, Big pink. pink. There we yep. go. Yeah. It's right across from a very famous nightclub called Story. Yes. That, that's owned by the people <laughs> that own Club Live at the Fountain Blue. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it is funny, though, like as and I were talking about this, Scott, that, you know, look, clearly we all know how serious, you know, what's going on in the world, the pandemic. It's awful. Right. But just from a sports media perspective. Oh, my God. Um, you know, life has been very unfair to a lot of people and unfortunately so unfair that people have lost their lives. But. That we're just trying to keep it into the sports and sports media context here, so I don't want anyone to get it twisted. Uh, we were kind of joking about uh, how everyone in the media is kind of like, "Damn, 
we finally get Miami and L.A. and it's a pandemic. That's right. that's just how 2020 is going to roll. You know, right. well, that's that's exactly right. Everybody in, in the media that would like to be covering this would like to be schlepping back and forth between Miami and L.A. Right. And this way you could have your nightlife in both towns. And none of that is going to happen. This is a dream come true matchup for media types who are on, you know, expense accounts and they're not going to get to celebrate this year. No. Hey, no. George, let me ask you a question. Yeah. And LZ, I, I would love to hear your perspective on this as well. And I know I heard you guys talking about this at some point or at least Mason, Ireland, for sure. So Pat Riley, my 20 year old son, I asked my 20 year old son earlier, I said, hey, who do you think Pat Riley belongs to? Is he a member of the Miami Heat or is he really part of the Laker family? And my son said to me, he goes, what do you do for the Lakers? Wow. Yeah, well, he's that. Yeah. I mean, it's a long time ago now. He it's left in 1991, time. you know? So how old is your son? 20. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was one. <laughs> you know, think about that. No, 20, I'm sorry. He was like, he wasn't born. Right. He's <laughs> Yeah. He's the yeah. same you high know. school graduating class of the kid hero. With, yeah. with Miami. I'm, my son's like, Dad, that guy's three months older than me. I'm like, yeah. You know um, yeah, what the hell have guys? you been up to? That kid's playing in the NBA and balling, right? right. We're, we're talking about LeBron James maybe winning his finals MVP uh, with three different teams. Pat Riley and the three franchises, because he was the only good thing that's happened to the Knicks since the 70s. <laughs> right. Um, he, too, is just a GOAT level in terms of taking his talent to franchise to franchise and infusing his sense of culture and making them winners. Yeah. They were winners in New York despite not getting a championship. Right. Obviously, they were one, but they Miami. were a couple of John Stark shots away, you know, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, he, he too, you know, can puff his chest out and say, hey, everywhere I lay my hat, is there's a chip involved. So what do you think, George? Is, is, is Pat Riley the, the property of the Laker fan base because of his history as the coach of Showtime um, and as a player? championship player as well uh, in the 70s? Or is, is Pat Riley, because he coached and then has been part owner and really the, the brains behind the, the operation? Yeah. Right. Is, mm -hmm. is, is Pat Riley Heat or is he Laker? I think it's a generational thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that, you know, maybe I'm wrong, um, but I think that an older audience will always, you know, think of Pat Riley as the Showtime Lakers. Though it's interesting because Jeff Van Gundy, who obviously you know was on his staff in New York and then coached the Knicks, uh, said, always says to me that the Showtime Lakers Riley is his alter ego. That he's really the rough and tumble fighter, Schenectady, New York, lunch pail guy. That that is just the alter ego in the facade. Now I, I you know I've known Pat for a long time. I've never actually had that conversation with him. Though the he 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 is a scrapper. <laughs> I don't think there's any question. Um, but I do think he absolutely enjoyed his time uh, with the Lakers. It, it really at one point you could have said that it was the only team he would have left Miami for. I think that time has since passed. You know because I know that Jim Bus, I want to say, and Doctor Bus and Jeannie brought him in uh, in 2004, and originally it was a discussion about. Pat coaching the team because remember Phil was gone and he said well what's up with Shaq and Kobe and he's like oh no we can't keep them together and he's like why would I come here if you can't keep them together <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I would want to fix that and they're like no no it's beyond that and that's when he said his li the light bulb went off and he's like "Ooh, 
I can get one of these two to come with me. <laughs> I could leave with a grab bag with either Shaq or Kobe. Um, so, and that's how that trade ended up uh, manifesting itself. You know, George, one of the last thing I know you guys got a roll, and I'm sure you guys would like to probably see the end of the debate, or at least Mrs. Sedano would like you to stop talking so she could listen to the debate. Um, having the relationship that you've had with Riley is like an amazing thing that you're going to have in your life, you know? Yeah. Um, for me, I had a relationship with Dick Emberg who, you know, from oh, about the Dick. time he was about 70 till the time he died when he was about 81. You yeah. know, so it wasn't a lifelong relationship, but it was it was 10 years, you know? Right. Um, I think about these kinds of relationships. I, I so looked up to Pat Riley and still do. You know, I, I just always thought he was such an interesting guy. I'd read a couple of his different books. I mean, just I wake up every morning kind of with that philosophy. Hey, life is hard. It's going to be hard every day for every person. I just love Pat Riley. Uh, so the the fact that you got to have a relationship with him is is amazing, you know? Yeah, it, it is one of these cool things. And LZ has these relationships. You have these relationships. We all have them. Um, you know, I, I don't like to bother him. I usually get, like, find myself once or twice a year having, like, a 30- or 40-minute conversation with him. Most recently, it was at Dan Lebitard's wedding back in November, and we just kind of sat there and, you know, I, I feel like his poor wife, Chris, was bored out of her mind having these letting us have a, a conversation for that long. But, yeah, like he's just iconic, man, to LZ's point. Like it, LZ and, and Scott, you can answer this before we go. Um, I think it's very fair to say that Pat Riley, if he wasn't one, if he was just one, either the executive or the coach, he would be a sure he's a surefire Hall of Famer on either one, just separately from each other. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, he truly is one of the original G's in terms of the way that we see the NBA yeah. today. And he outlasted Phil. Well, I mean, yeah, he outlasted Phil, but I'm just thinking in terms of just – But that, that mattered to him, that I mattered, think. The that Phil, Phil blowing up in New York, there was a, a, a definitely a smile coming oh, out I'm of his, oh, his I'm office. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and, it, and it is well-deserved and, you know – I still think Pat is a top three coach of all time, but that's just me. Yeah. But I, I was just saying, just in terms of what he means to this league, mm -hmm. like starting with the first championship he had with the Lakers all the way until today, he is very much a part of the narrative of the NBA as anyone, including David Stern, including Jordan. And the fact that he doesn't get the same amount of attention or love is, is problematic because he truly is – one of the original goats in terms of the way that we see the NBA today. Oh, well said. Well said, yeah. LZ. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's woven into the fabric of American basketball from his time in college playing in that game in 1966 exactly. with Texas State. Yeah, exactly. um, you know, where the first five black uh, African-American black players played on the floor together in a college basketball game in the national championship. He was on that Kentucky team. Yeah, it was uh, – It's he's really it woven into the fabric. his fault they lost, actually, when I looked at the footage. Yeah, Really yep. bad help defense. He really needs to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Cap, what do you got on the show? Uh, coming up tonight, for those of you that are Laker fans, and I assume that I'm talking to everybody, and by the way, is this thing even on? Does this thing work tonight? Is anybody hanging out with us, or is everybody yeah. watching the presidential debate? Uh, Bill McDonald is here tonight, the Lakers play-by-play oh, -play voice. Billy Mack. Billy Mack. I know, he's been like... I don't know. He's been like in hibernation or something since yeah. uh, since the, the the telecast went off the air, right? You know, and the Lakers moved on to network. So um, Billy Mack's coming by. Brian Winhorst is going to be here. I know you guys know Brian well. Yeah. And oh uh, Boog Shambi is going to stop by. We're going to talk some Dodgers and some Major League Baseball playoffs. So we got a great show coming up.
All right, that is a great show. Billy Mack, Boog, and B. Windhorst. I love it. It's, uh, you know, all the, well done, uh, the family. Man. Well done. Yeah. yeah uh, I'm, all right, I'm Cap. Well, you have a great show, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Will we talk soon? I mean, really, George? Will we? I mean, uh, soon enough. You know what I mean? I don't know exactly go- when, but. We're not going to talk soon. Just text us. <laughs> yeah, it pl- you know what I would say? Yeah. You know what I would say? Whenever, you were, whenever you're, you're annoyed that we're not talking, just blame Bergman. That's how I do it. That's a very convenient thing to do. It's like a kickstand. You know what I mean? You just put it down. Put, put yeah. down the Bergman. Yeah. Hashtag blame Bergman. That's uh, the slogan for 2020. Uh, all right, Cap. Be good, brother. All right. See you guys later. Thank you. All right. LZ, excellent work as always. You too, brother. All right. Uh, thanks to Curtis. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to those of you who tuned in, called in. Thanks to Momo. Thanks to Amin. And thanks to David Fisdale. Scott Kaplan and the Scott Kaplan Show is up next. See you. Have a great night. We will talk to you on Thursday to recap game one of the NBA Finals. See you. The Lakers victory. Hey. <laughs>